0: It's Monday, Yud Alephav Tufshin coming to you live from the corporate headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network.
1: Zochenina, renina, we Ach caske mina, a capa mazeha, eloquim a capa maze.
2: So, renina, so renina, we're caske mina, a maze,
1: I'm not
0: Zilber, Zochreini, now the words of Shimshon, as he was uh, fighting the plishdim. Welcome, one and all, to the Israel Show. We are back after the nine days uh, break. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We are heard on the Nahum Siegel Network every Monday, immediately following D A. M. live, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time, and on demand whenever you'd like to listen to us. On the website, com on the app, which is available for free on the app stores. And you can sign up for the podcast. Great way to do it. iTunes. Sign up for the podcast. You get the show automatically downloaded into your device each and every week. We dedicate, we devote this week's program to the 10th anniversary of the expulsion from Gush Katif, known politically as the disengagement, the Hitnatkut, which was um I'll show my hands early on, it's not not difficult. It was a uh whitewashed way of saying expulsion or retreat. The State of Israel retreated unilaterally without getting anything. It's not not a part of any agreement or anything, retreated unilaterally from parts of Gaza that it still held. Most of Gaza by that time had been given over to the Arabs as part of the Oslo agreements. And as a result of the original sin, if you will, rockets were hitting areas like Steyrot. But only areas like Steyrot, right near the border. But at this point in time, Ariel Sharon, who was the Prime Minister of Israel at the time, decided that Israel should just walk away from the many yeshuvim of Gush Katif. And we will look, with the hindsight of 10 years, at um, what the politicians said, what they promised us, what the newspapers did, what the media did the complicity of it, and how Israel has responded, the people of Israel have responded, and what has resulted, and what can we learn from all of this as we face another political maneuver, a treaty that the United States is about to sign with Iran. All that we will try and do, plus we will intersperse music, that is relevant to the subject the uh, song we just played to you comes from Yamim Kitumim. Orange Days, Orange was the color that was used as a uh, sign of solidarity with the people of Gush Katif and this album came out with many songs that were popular at the time, sung at the time they were part of the soundtrack of that period um, we'll play one more of this and then we'll tell you We'll share with you some of the sounds, some of the thoughts and ideas around the expulsion, the retreat of Israel from Gush Katif, ten years exactly ago. This is Udiv Davidi from that same album, Yamim Ketumim. This is Daber Elav. My name is Mayor Weingart and you're tuned to the Israel show on the Nahum Siegel Network. <laughs>
3: I want to talk about it, I'm to go to the house i the people who are living in place in the world to
0: with the Berel Hashem, the very love, Speak to him, speak to God. Yet another song from the um, Yamim Ketumim album. The album put out of songs from the uh, period of the Gaza expulsion 10 years ago. It was on December the 18th, 2003 that Ariel Sharon, the Prime Minister of the State of Israel, elected by the right wing, if you will, the hawks. Those who saw Ariel Sharon as the person who was the champion of settling all of the land of Israel, of Yehudan, and Shemron and Azza, The man who probably did more for the cities and towns in Yehudah, Shemron and Azza than any other person. It was on December 18, 2003 that he stunned Israel and the world when he gave a speech at the Herzliya conference and he said that he plans on a unilateral retreat, called a disengagement, from Gaza. Which meant that the 8,500 or so uh, people that were living... In, uh, in 22 towns and villages would be removed physically. Gush Katif, Nitzarim, Elay Sinai, Dugit, Ganetal, Shirat Hayam, Kfaryam, Nevet Katif, They would be removed from Gaza. And Israel would not ask anything in return from the Arabs. Oh, no, 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 we did get something in return. Sharon would remind us over and over that this was part of an arrangement, an agreement, an understanding that he made with the President of the United States, George W. Bush, in which there was a letter exchange between Israel and the United States. And the United States made clear that certain principles will guide the interaction. For example, the United States understands and agrees that Israel will never return to the quote-unquote 1967 boundaries. That there are Gushay Hityashvot, settlement blocks, where Jews live, like in Mala Adumim area, or Gush Etzion, or Ariel, where the United States accepts the fact that Israel would never withdraw from those areas. These were the understandings reached between Ariel Sharon and George W. Bush as part of this unilateral quote-unquote disengagement. Well, this got tremendous tremendous heat from all the people on the right, those who voted for Sharon and didn't understand what happened to him, what craziness suddenly descended upon him. There are those who alleged then, and continue to do so today, maybe more, maybe there are more that continue to allege it today than there were originally, that said Ariel Sharon was involved in a lot of difficult legal matters that the state was after him for corruption charges and that if he would swing to the left he would become the darling of the media and of the judicial system in Israel, which skews to the left. And in a sense, by doing this, he will save himself. I don't know if it's true. I just share with you that this was something that people said and continue to say till today. It did work, by the way. Well, in March of 2004, after his own party, Vili Kud... And people on the right who had voted for him protested tremendously. Ariel Sharon announced that all the Likud members, all those who signed up as Likud members, would be able to participate in a referendum about this plan, and Ariel Sharon would follow the results of the referendum. That means if the majority of the Likud, the overwhelming majority even of the Likud, would vote against it, he would he would retreat from this retreat. And on May the second, two thousand and four, this referendum took place, and sixty percent of Likud members voted against. After tremendous pressures to vote for it, yet sixty percent voted against. Well, that did not stop Ariel Sharon. You know what they say? He was a bulldozer when he did the good things, and when he was a bulldozer, when he did these things as well. He was going to make this happen, and he was going to push it through, come hell or high water. And so he made some minor changes... To the plan and said, well, this is not the plan of the, the original plan that was voted upon It's a different plan, and this is the plan that's gonna, that, that we're going to carry out, and no more referendums. It was not a very democratic way of doing things, but then again, Ariel Sharon didn't usually go that way. Not surprisingly, in October of 2004, the Knesset where the good parts of the Likud were joined by the left, the Knesset voted for this proposal of retreat of expulsion. The Aguda, I don't, I don't remember if they voted for it or abstained. I believe Shas abstained. Sixty-seven were for, forty-five were against, and seven abstained. And. Quite amazingly, the date that was set to actually begin the expulsion was the day after Tisha B'Av, 10 years ago. Wow. I, I don't know. Don't know how 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 you think about that and, and set that date. The date after Tisha B'Av. We'll talk more about that after the next song. This is uh, Eti Levy with Eretz Tova, The Good Land. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
4: Zuha Eretz Noladetiba, Imatov, Imara Sheba, Im Torah, Shalom Veesh. This is what there is, this is what there is. The Holy Spirit, the milk and And now, I'm going She's Ju- oh coming to the house, and she's taking it, without showing her, she's not
0: Eti Levi, it's not a new song. It's about a year old, but it's new to us. Discovered it recently and uh, happy to share it with you. It's a beautiful song about the land of Israel Eretz Tovah. We'll post a link to the YouTube video of this song um, a bit after the show, together with the YouTube video's uh, links to uh, almost all the songs that we play during the show. We will also post a link to a report that was done about the last day of Gush Katif and about the 1,000 young girls... Who were gathered in the shul, I believe in the Beit Kalim, and who were pouring their hearts out in song, davening to Hashem, girls in their teens, 16, 17, 18, probably till about the age of 20, with innocent emuna that God will surely intervene and stop their their gerush their expulsion and the destruction of their homes unfortunately there were some rabbis at the time who led them to believe that it won't happen that there won't be an expulsion that the reality will never come and that created a tremendous uh, difficulty for them in the way they Perceived God and His role and their Judaism. It was a Majber emuna that many of them had. Let's talk a little bit about what we learn. We learned that the promises of politicians are empty. Empty. That the politicians and the military men who wanted to make this happen, each for their own reason, said things that were so obviously false. And when we look back ten years later, we see how ridiculous they were. And we say, how did they say that? How did they look us in the eye and say, we will protect all the people of Israel. There won't be any rockets fired from Aza after this. Here's a taste. Shaul Mofaz, Minister of Defense, former Ramat Kal, former Chief of Staff of the Israeli Army, went a few days beforehand to Rav safe to convince him that this was a good plan and that he should instruct Shas' party to vote for it. Or at least to abstain. The video of this encounter where Shaul Mofaz spreads out a map and shows Avadia where Gush Kativ is, where Netivot is, and Avadia Yosef says to him, he's concerned. He's concerned that rockets will be fired that's
1: the vote. That's the Tivot. Here's what Shaul Mofaz said.
0: We will have security control over everything that goes on in Gaza. We'll be able to do so from the land, from sea, and air. We won't. Allow terrorism against Israel from anywhere in Gaza. Dov Weisglass was Ariel Sharon's close advisor and confidant. He was the person who went back and forth between Israel and the United States to negotiate the American part of this deal that America would agree to recognize Israel's uh, settlement blocks, so to speak, in Yehudan Shamroon. He says, he said back then, yes, we still have a problem of the flying objects. He said mockingly as if the flying objects, the missiles, were no big deal. But he says in the bigger picture of national strategy, it's not an important factor that needs to be taken into consideration. Listen to Duby Weissglass. He is not an important factor in our considerations, in larger national considerations. Now remember that the beginning of all of this activity, if you will, on Israel's part, Started in Oslo, with the Oslo Accords, which were the brainchild of Shimon Peres, and he convinced Yitzhak Rabin, Israel should leave, and in fact left most of Gaza and good parts of Yehudan Shomron. And at the time, originally, when discussing the Oslo Agreements, and people said, there'll be missiles fired from Gaza, into Israel, into Ashkelon and Ashdod. Yitzhak Rabin said, Oh, this nightmare scenario of the right wing. They're well known. They they even tell us that there'll be rockets fired from Gaza? There hasn't been a rocket fired from Gaza, said Yitzhak Rabin, and there never will be. But the right wingers in Israel are scared to death of peace. Listen.
2: Sipurim habalaot shel alikud mukavim. Ha-reiftichul anu gam katyushot me'aza. Lo odaf katyusha veloti yekatyusha. Ah, Likud poched Pahad mabet meshalom.
0: Lo ita af katyusha veloti katyusha. Think back. Think back to that statement of Yitzhak Rabin in hindsight, that we now have ten years later. How many thousands and thousands and thousands of missiles hit not only Netivot, and not only Steyrot and not only Ashkelon and not only Ashdod, but got as far as Tel Aviv, and will continue to get even further. Oh, and our favorite, Shimon Peres. Shimon Peres was addressing at the Knesset. Benjamin Netanyahu at the time was against although he voted for. He said, you can't scare the nation because people don't believe you anymore. Stop trying to terrify the people about all these things. Tafsikul to sh'tuyot. Stop spouting nonsense. Says the man who till this very day won't admit to the folly, to the nonsense that he brought with the Oslo agreements upon Israel. Shimon Peres. Stuyot, says I don't know who was who was talking Stuyot, who was talking nonsense. In another famous statement, Mofaz, the Minister of Defense, said, after this withdrawal, if the Arabs dare to fire even one rocket, we will retaliate with disproportionate force. The only problem was that there was no retaliation. None. Not even proportionate force. That's when the Hamas learned. That's when the Arabs learned that Israel is a paper tiger. one of the um, most heart-wrenching moments and there were many was watching the thousand girls that we described before in the Kalim and the Shul davening, singing just going from one song to the next with complete faith and then watching them literally fall apart as the army came and began the evacuation. The song that probably was most famous at the time was Tfilala Ani Kiya Atof. It's from Tehilim Kuf Bet. It's a prayer of the lowly man when he is faint. And he pours forth his tefillah, his plea before Hashem. What is it that he says, Hashem, oh shim'at filati, O Lord, hear my prayer. V'shavati, tavo, let my cry come before you, so to speak. Al Don't hide your face from me. During my times of difficulty, my times of trouble. As I said, we're going to post a link. It's it's of a report, not of a right-wing reporter. But it is a report that if you just watch it, even if you don't understand everything that is being said, get a box of tissues ready. It was broadcast on Israeli television... And I think it is quite amazing. We'll play for you a few minutes of the girls singing and then the song itself, Tefilah ani My name is Weingart, Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. These are the voices of the young girls of Gush Katif in the shul as they were about to be expelled, as they dove into Hashem to intervene on their behalf. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're sponsored by Nefesh B'Nefesh, an amazing organization that is very active this summer, bringing thousands of olim to Israel. Their one goal is to help people from the West, Western countries make aliyah. And on August 17th, Wow, Nachum Siegel is going to join the plane. He's going to join the ride and report back to us the experience of being on a plane filled with families of Olim, with young Olim and old Olim, with Olim that are going to serve in the army. The beauty, the excitement of the ceremony as they arrive in Israel, it's all done by Nefesh ben Take a look at their website, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, the Israel show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh B'Nefesh. We're talking about the 10th anniversary of Israel's retreat from Aza the expulsion of 8,500 Jews and 22 communities. These communities were destroyed. The shawls were emptied of their divrei dushav, the holy object's, And they were ripped down so that the Arabs shouldn't convert them into mosques. The graves of people who were buried in their communities in Gush Katif were dug up and the remains were moved out because everybody knew what would happen the day Israel left. And they left anyway. And the media, oh, they were so complicit in all this. Amnon Abramovich was um, a print journalist for many years, a commentator and until this very day as a commentator on Israel's uh, most popular news program on Channel 2 in Israel Channel 2 TV in a private conversation that he did not know was being taped he coined a phrase which became quite famous and yet and yet He's not embarrassed to continue to be a commentator. He said, no matter what we think of Ariel Sharon, and no matter how much corruption there is there in his family's dealings, his dealings and his family's dealings, we must watch and protect him like an etrog. The way you wrap the etrog, make sure nothing happens to it. Le etrog. It became a well-known phrase. We've got to watch him like in a trogue to make sure nothing happens to him because he is the one who's going to make this happen. He's the one that's going to pull us out of azza The late David Landau who was the editor of Haaretz an Orthodox Jew, by the way said that his paper prefers to look away from any corruption, monetary corruption, of the Sharon family, because, quote, Adif ktana, better, small, quote-unquote, corruption, meaning bribery and monetary issues, than large corruption, meaning what they call the occupation. So it's better to look aside and not press the issues of the corruption of Sharon. Because we know he will take care of that. Yair Lapid Yair Lapid the head of a very popular party now in Israel wrote two scathing articles one before and one after the expulsion and I thank our friend and listener Saul Lieberman for helping me find one of them quite frankly it was shocking that I couldn't find it so easily at the time I remember reading the post expulsion article that Lapid wrote It was shocking. I could not believe what I was reading. His basic thesis was this. Why did we expel the Jews, the settlers from Gaza? Not because of the Arabs. Not because of the demographics. Not even because we want to have a peace agreement. Not because the army is tired. But because we, the vast majority of Israelis, need to teach a lesson to the quote-unquote religious settlers. We need to teach them that they cannot do whatever they want. We need to teach them that we're the majority and we're going to do what's good for us. And that's what happened. They were taught a lesson. Wow. Wow. It's not a surprise that this article is hard to find on the internet. Because if you think back now, ten years back, nine years after that article was written, you taught a lesson to the settlers? Well, we taught a lesson to all of Israel that missiles are being fired from Aza that we can't even go in and do anything about it because the world won't allow it and we're afraid and all those who said after this we will have the moral high ground to go in and do whatever we want because we left ha the world laughs because you can't do anything because if you shoot at anybody in Gaza today you have the UN the European Union everybody the world media down your back nobody remembers nobody wants to remember what happened why that we walked out of there and gave them everything Just like we walked out of Lebanon and gave them everything. Wherever we walk out of becomes a terrorist state. A terrorist base to attack Israel. And As we look around Israel now and we see how Syria is being taken over. How parts of Iraq are being taken over. We understand today. I think Israeli rank and file understands today as a result of the expulsion they all understand that it was folly and so many people have understood that and have said yes it was folly We're Running out of time as always I wanted to end with two songs one is a new song. It was written for the 10th anniversary of the Gush Katif expulsion. It's called Habayit Shali Holechiti, T, Written, music by David Deor, words by Moshe Klughaft. My, ha- my home always goes with me. Wherever I am, it doesn't make a difference where I am physically. My home goes with me. The other song that I hope we'll have time for all of these is Lenny Solomon's Ani Yehudi, which I remember was very popular at the time. And I, um, when I was filling in for Nachum Siegel, that summer, (sighs) the summer of 2005, I put together this montage of the cries of Yehudi, Lom Yehudi, one of the themes that the people of Gush Katif were were chanting, as the soldiers came to take them away, a Jew does not expel another Jew. Yehudi, Lomagaresh Yehudi. And put that together with Lenny Solomon's Ani Yehudi. Calling it Ani Yehudi, Lomagaresh Yehudi. So, we'll try and get both of those in. But I want to share with you some thoughts to conclude we are now facing a United States government that is signing an agreement with Iran and the politicians are promising us everything. Oh, Israel's going to be safer. This is great for us. This is great for Israel security. This is great for United States security. We are going to make sure this deal works. If this deal doesn't work, you'll see what we're going to do. All sounds familiar. If they fire one rocket, you just wait. We're going to get them. We won't allow it. We're going to have them covered. That's all the things that were said about Gaza. And these are the same things being said about Iran. And the media is complicit in all of it, just like they were then. They are now. Only difference is that there's a Fox News. I think there was still a Fox News then, but there's a Fox News here in America. That's a lone voice that's ready to say the truth. Otherwise all you hear are the voices that say how great this is. The Torah tells us that when Moshe sent the spies the tourists they were never called spies. And they came back and they demoralized the people of Israel. They said, we can't, we can't, we, we can't conquer it. We can't go against the people there. We don't have the strength. The people cried. The Torah uses three verbs that shows you that the Torah is emphasizing there was a lot of crying that night. The Gemara in Tanis says, "Amr Rava, Amr Yochanan, Oto Hayom Erev Tisha B'av Hayah." Chazal say that day was Erev Tisha B'av, and God said to them, Amar Le'Makados Barchu, Tembchi Tembchi You cried for nothing. I'll I'll give you what to cry for. I b'chiyal God told our forefathers, you think this is a reason to cry, I'll give you a real reason to cry. And in subsequent generations, tish'a B'av became a day of tragedy. As we so know. And as we continue to commemorate. But in modern Hebrew, that expression, b'chiyal l'dorot, takes on a slightly different meaning. Bechiala Dorot is a decision, an act, that once it is done, becomes a source of long-term crying and suffering, but cannot easily be undone. You do something, and you're stuck. And it's terrible. And it causes great anguish. There's nothing you could do. You could have avoided it by not making that decision. The decision is called a Bechiala Dorot. It's something that you will cry over for generations. And there's nothing you can do to undo it. When we see what transpires on Har Habayit today, where literally Arab terrorists do whatever they want, and we think back at the moment that Moshe Dayan handed it over to the Muslim Arabs, in 1967, we realized that it was a b'chiyah Now it's very hard to undo that. And this too, by the way, has a Tisha B'Av connection. Because after the Six Day War of Goran established prayers on a small part of Harabayit. And the Arabs were too scared to say anything. And he wanted to set up a makom tefillah, place, a public place of worship. And the first time that there was going to be a public tefillah there was on Tisha B'Av. And Rav Goran announced it in public and invited the public to come and dive in that area, which was mutar to go on on the Har And Moshe Dayan warned and threatened him that if he carries it out, he will be fired. And that was the end of that. And look where we are now. The expulsion from Gush Katif. Ten years. Ten years later, we see how it was a bechiali A Hamas terrorist state that Israel is literally powerless to bring down to the extent that Israel supposedly is even, on some level, resigned to live with and make an agreement with. And this too is linked to Tisha B'Av. Because it was the day after Tisha B'Av that the expulsion officially began. These are self-inflicted wounds. Much like the destruction of the second Beit HaMikdash was. Things that we brought upon ourselves that we cannot undo. We're going to close out. Well, we'll play both songs back to back. And uh, hopefully we won't get cut off. Yehudi Loma Garesh Yehudi and Habayit Shalih Holeik Iti. We'll do that after we thank you all for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. And we will post on Facebook today lots of stuff about the 10th anniversary, clips that you don't want to miss. Keep your eye on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash theisraelshow, facebook.com slash show. Links not only to the songs, but also to the reports and the quotes and the politicians and other things that we spoke about today, things that you want to see. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network, and my very special thanks, as always. To Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network Encore Presentations of Eternal Flame with Rabbi YY Jacobson, followed by Headlines with David Lichtenstein and then the Great Monday Music Marathon. I'll be filling in for Nachum on Wednesday. Join me on Jamin the AM and then next Monday following M. in the AM, I'll be back here. This is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. <laughs>
1: She bid a fak badelek, Abayche i <laughs> you
5: Hazard,
1: <laughs> Tikmozart,